Welcome to the After Dark Podcast, the podcast in which Anthony leads his unknowing friend Conrad by the hand through TV shows. Will Conrad like them? Will Conrad hate them? Will Conrad predict what's going to happen, or will he be lost in the dark? Find out now, only on the After Dark Podcast. Hello, and welcome to the After Dark Podcast. I'm Anthony James, and that's Conrad. Hello. Hello, Conrad. How are you this week? I'm okay. I'm full of like allergies a bit today, so I apologise if the listeners can hear me sniffing. Um, the hay fever is in the air. Yeah, exactly. And I, I have a cat who I am allergic to, so that's always oh, a problem. Oh, jeez. But, but it's just I'm just get, I'm getting it from all angles at the moment. So yeah, have I have I said on the I, have I said on the podcast before that I grew up in a house with four cats in it, and I'm definitely allergic to cats. And uh, it was to the point where I would complain about it to my mom, and she—I think didn't think she really believed me. And then, like, she got a sign it's a in the thing to do. She literally got a sign in the kitchen that said, "I got rid of the kids because the cats were allergic." Like, yeah. that actually Thanks. happened. Thanks, Julian. Yeah. Um... <laughs> <laughs> right. Anything strange or startling going on in your life? Um, it, it's Easter season. The I, I made a complete fool of myself in my private life um, a few days ago when I was talking to someone about how we in the UK have uh, Friday and Monday off work. Um, and I literally said the phrase, uh, we have Friday and Monday off work because Jesus was born or something, um, which is one, one of the stupidest things I've ever said. So even as someone who's not, you know, a practicing religious type, I feel like I should know when Jesus was born. <laughs> well, it is it is currently... It is currently Good Friday. Uh, so you're telling me that you are going to eat meat today? Uh, are you not supposed to eat meat on Good Friday? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, that's, I, 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 to be honest with you, I do. But uh, that's, 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 oh, apparently... well, yeah, Easter for me is just about giving chocolate to people. That's all, that's as much Easter stuff as I do. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. Well, that's, that's fair enough. Um, well, I had a really strange uh, occurrence happen to me this morning. Basically, um, I start, I put in to the slow cooker a lovely, a lovely mix of butternut, butternut squash soup mixture, right? And I was going to okay. have a slow cooker going for four hours. And then for lunchtime, we could have some lovely white bread and some lovely soup. Uh, just before we started recording, I went to check uh, how it was going. And who do you think forgot to plug it in? <laughs> the, slow, the slow cooker wasn't plugged in. <laughs> so I mean, It was very slow cooking at that point. Yeah, uh, yeah, what yeah. might say not cooking at all. Yeah, yeah, it would eventually have got there if we lived in a hotter country. <laughs> um, so it's, it's now on the hob. Fast cooking, uh, as you oh, okay, the more traditional way of cooking a soup is it's now it's not doing that. Uh, won't be as nice, but it'll work. All right, so that's how I've been getting on today. Uh, but I'm Lovely. really looking forward to talking about this episode because Conrad texts me, uh, well, we actually, we actually we have, we have to delay our recording from Wednesday to Friday, and Conrad said that's good because I'll have another couple of days to think about because I've got a lot of theories coming out of this episode. Yeah, so I, I don't, I don't want to, I, I don't want to run the risk of putting the cart before the horse here. But just to give the listeners a, a brief glimpse into uh, the mind of old comrade, in the first season of the OA, I finished with let me just count twenty-seven theories. As of the second episode of season two, I'm on nineteen. So oh. like we're <laughs> like we're already we're already firing on all cylinders this season. There is a lot of stuff going on in this in this season of the show yeah and like there's been a lot of chat in the comments and in the discord as well if you haven't joined the discord link in the description but there's a lot of chat in the discord and on, in the comments that people uh were like sort of getting a bit bored with the first season like it was actually it was very slow moving we know that i did warn you i did slow compared to the i did warn you but all i'll say is the people who are conrad's 
you see why I chose this show now because yeah, I definitely see like the the justification for it. Yeah, there is a lot of theories to be had, and unfortunately, it took to season two to really get the theories going. And yeah. we're not going to probably get the answers to most of them. Uh, <laughs> yeah, now we're now we're really cooking, and I'm like, how many of these are going to be resolved, guys? Because uh, yeah. you you know you it's another eight episode season, right? For season yeah, two. so there's only six left. Yes, yeah, so I'm a bit like, well, there's some big questions that you're asking here, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, we'll not, we'll not yeah. be hopeful that they'll all be answered, but at least it's getting our brain juices flowing. Uh, all right, guys, could you please subscribe to the podcast uh, on audio apps if you haven't already? It is uh, the After Dark Podcast on YouTube. We are the After Dark Podcast, but we're on the channel, The Culture Cave. So subscribe to The Culture Cave. Click the, click the bell if you would like to get uh, notified when we upload. Could you like the video as well? It really, really helps us out. Join the Discord, as I say. Link in the description. If you want to get an After Dark Podcast t-shirt, there it is. It's the commemorative t-shirt for Finishing Dark on the, on the podcast, and that is in the description too. Um, apart from that, oh, email us at adpodmail if you haven't already. Um, and apart from that, I want to talk about some OA. What do you think, Conrad? Yep, let's do it. Oh, let's break it down! Episode 2 of Season 2 of The OA is called Treasure Island, and it starts with a long and considered shot Mm. moving towards a clock tower. Yes, um, so not to mention our previous show, one of the one of the sort of st- the tenets of the After Dark podcast is we don't want people to come into the show and feel like they have to have watched every single episode of, yeah. uh, or listen to every single episode um, before they're jumping on point. Um, so I don't want to ma- reference it too heavily, but this was very reminiscent of Dark to me. This kind of kaleidoscopic shot of the uh, the central corridor mm-hmm. or one of the corridors in the in the the, the ward on Treasure Island. Um, uh, with the the the, the slow uh, dolly forward through the door to reveal the 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 uh, port of San Francisco, I thought it was an absolutely great shot to to start things off. Yeah, and it also like you'll find out later, but it calls back to the moment later on when Kareem circles the two and puts a line between them. It's almost yes. like he was the uh, he was the camera operator who was like designing this shot. You know, he's like, we'll yes. go from here, we'll go from here, we'll go the line down there. You know, so. Um, they were very, very good. Uh, obviously, mm. the uh, the situation of those two uh, locations next to each other like that seems to be important, we'll say. Um, yes. Okay, so next up, we get uh, Dr. Roberts, and he's doing some chin-ups, uh, listening yep. to a podcast about shared uh, psychotic disorder, um, yeah. and he's also cycling to work. He seems like a very sort very of... healthy type. Very healthy type. This I felt really bad for his roommates, though. Like, when he's, like, wolfing down his muesli in the morning and then, you know, goes to briefly check some stuff at the table and there's a couple of other people yeah. sitting there. So, presumably flatmates or housemates and it's like he got up pretty early i mean we find out that he only had 56 minutes of rem sleep which is not a lot i'll tell you that much as someone who has tracked well, his, that's just his last cycle uh it might have been his last cycle but even it didn't then say that's that the, though so that is a bad cycle in yeah, like, yeah. the very at the very least um but you know presumably he's getting up pretty early and blasting music while he does chin-ups think about your housemates homer is all i'll say <laughs> yeah that like that actually i didn't even think of that that is pretty bad what do you think about um <laughs> what did you think about when he first started uh listening to the shared psychotic disorder did you pick up on that straight away yeah so um that seems like a, a, an indication of i mean it's pretty much confirmed by the end of this episode mm-hmm. that that is their kind of working theory for what is happening with rachel scott and renata and possibly prairie uh slash nina as well um so yeah i think it's just kind of 
it's a, it's an establishing uh, motivation for Homer's character in his continued analysis of um, of that group, and perhaps justification for why he has up to this point put up with some relatively unethical um, treatments of them by by uh, by Hunter. Yeah, exactly. But also, it's it's completely understandable to me that that this this Doctor Roberts is really questioning in a way, Hunter's, uh, Dr. Percy's sort of just dismissal of this as shared, this this shared psychotic disorder. Because yeah. he's like, but these people had never met Nina. Like, like I completely understand why he just, he's got a real bug in his bonnet about it, or be in his yeah. bonnet, bug in his something else. Um, <laughs> a bee is a bug, to be fair. Well, that, uh, you're actually right, actually. Uh, actually. Yeah, so I was right the first time, let's just say. I'm just more inclusive of all the bugs. I don't, yeah. I don't have to just be a bee in the bonnet. Um, so ba- basically, uh, the idea that like he's like really like being like, no, no, but hang on, how could it be this? Like, you know, they never met each other. Like, she's got a different story. Like, you know, yeah. It doesn't. If I was him, I'd be like, why is Doctor Percy just accepting this? Like, this is nonsense. You know? Yeah. Like, it, I think, and I think as the episode goes on, it becomes clear that that he feels that Doctor Percy is has arrived at a conclusion and is shaping his. Uh, study of these individuals to fit the conclusion that he's already drawn um which is interesting for for uh homer's character because he is already kind of picking holes in his relationship with hap um even at this early stage in the season yep yep exactly um okay so next up uh the oa gets taken into dr percy's office um we learn a bit of backstory about dr percy He, he never heard the whoosh um, oh, right. we also get uh, confirmation here, Conrad. Our theory is, uh, uh, and that yeah. is that this is our hap. Yeah, so th- it confused me slightly reflecting on what he said um, at the end of the last episode where he said that he told me you were coming. I guess he was maybe talking about Pierre Ruskin, um, given we know that they have a relationship. Um, but uh, yeah, so this is the the, the same hap who, um, mm-hmm. who entrapped the gang in uh, the, the yeah. original world. And I think uh, Helen O'Grady, um, who is a Conrad, I think Helen's Hel- I think Helen's a Conrad throughout this. She made a really good point in the comments last week, and that was that um, the way that Hap said it um, really spoke to her in this way. And I, I can't even remember when I first watched it if it spoke to me in this way, but it makes sense reading it like this because it is actually what happened. The idea f- was that it felt like Hap knew Nina, um, and mm. whenever he first saw her, he was looking at her, being like. And he saw her look at her eyes and think, oh, no, that is, that's Prairie now. That's not Nina anymore. That's Prairie. And he was like, is it really you? Uh, and that's mm. that's the performance that uh, Jason Isaacs was given there. And oh, I think okay. that that yeah. explains it perfectly for me, to be honest. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that yeah, does make sense. sense to me. Uh, we also get um, him explaining uh, using Russian dolls, bodies and souls popping in and out of each other, which is really interesting because if you remember back in episode two, uh, of season one, when Nancy and Abel were going to uh, adopt uh, Nina from the brothel, uh, whenever in the, in the whenever Nancy was in the bathroom, she was looking at all of the Russian dolls that were in the bathroom. Yeah, I I, uh, I do vaguely remember that actually. It's it's a nice little a nice little nod to something that has come before. Um, mm-hmm. If not, I don't know if it's going to be any more explicit than than that. Um, there are. There are some theories I have about people traveling between these worlds that we'll get okay. into a bit later, but I don't necessarily think that was anything more than a little bit of kind of like imagery to uh, to, to 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 call back to. 
yeah, yeah, exactly. Sort of little planter seed. Uh, no pun intended. But uh, basically, <laughs> basically, also, what is going on with that stuff at the end of this episode? Is <laughs> yeah, <all I'm> <laughs> yeah, that's that's what like you know we've got. We're, we're getting listen to listeners. We're going to do our due diligence. We're going to talk about the whole episode. There's a lot of interesting stuff in this, but there's a, there's stuff at the end of this that requires some discussion. Is all, it is, all, I'll, is say, all I'll say for now. It's understandable why Britain's Al took three years to make the second season because for the first year of it, they were actually just on mushrooms the whole time. Yeah, yeah. It's just like, <laughs> what if plants in the brain, man? While uh, <laughs> yeah. like an Edgar Winter group playing in the background constantly. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so there, there is a, a little bit more in this scene. Uh, first of all, I thought the, the build of, of, of it was really interesting, this scene that's taken in isolation, the build of it, of like the two of them re- actually being genuinely intrigued about what's happening, and Prairie almost sort of gives herself to it a little bit, and then yeah. Hap starts getting excited as if now they can work together. Um, yeah. at, and then at the end, Prairie just like sort of knows, is like, no, no, just still remember, like you're you're, you're a dickhead. We're not doing. You're this. still a monster. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think I think um, Hap is kind of at this point is very much of the opinion like, oh god, you're still on that kidnapping me. Just get over it, Prairie. All right, like move on, um, yeah. which is obviously unreasonable, and um, Prairie obviously thinks so as well. Um, I think the. I found it quite funny in the um, the flashback from this scene where Hap describes how he travelled mm-hmm. with the others yeah. um, when they're in like the circle in the field with um, and he gives them all like sodium pentothal. <laughs> and I found it quite frustrating when it's like, oh god, now you run, Homer! Like where, after you've got that, <laughs> you could have done this in Cuba, but you didn't, and now you've got like so a, a, a belly full of sodium pentothal, <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you're going to die in like five minutes. Um, what did you think about this uh, explanation of how they all travelled? What was in them doing the movement together? Like, yeah. What did you? What did you? Did you like this? Uh, how they just explained this very quickly and showed you how they yeah, got there? Mm-hmm. I, I I did, and I think it, the more the episode goes on, the more it it asks more questions, but also provides some potential answers to why people like Renata and Homer are less there than Scott and Rachel, who are clearly you know fully aware. Of who they were before and who they are, and, and and you know the fact they have inhabited another person's body. Okay. Um, to me, may, th- there's been a lot of talk about um, kind of the the will of the person who's traveling yeah. as an as an important factor in in kind of enabling you to travel. And it's clear from Homer running away that his will is very much wavering at this mm-hmm. point, which perhaps uh, explains why he is kind of trapped inside this other person's body and not able to express his original personality in the same way that the others are. I think that that, that might be a direction that we're heading in with as, it, as mm-hmm. it pertains to Homer. Yeah, and like, well, it sort of ties in a little bit to Prairie later on saying, uh, well, obviously we're going to get to it as we always sort of give those provisos, but we like talking about everything sometimes. Um, Prairie later on saying that, uh, you know, she found her way here because she was looking for Homer. So Homer yeah. must be here, right? It's interesting because, like, if you think about it, the, the lack of will to go for Homer would have been maybe that Prairie was still in that world he was leaving, you know? Yes, yeah, may, like that could easily be uh, easily be the case. Um, and I, I will will say one other thing for this, which is that when they wake up for the first time in the new world, I 
I feel like this show has a weird sense of humor sometimes. Like it, it doesn't. It takes sometimes it takes itself very seriously, and then sometimes it engages in stuff that is clearly kind of cheesy. Um, and when when they wake up and um, Hap has a beard, it's like the classic multiverse trope of like, okay, yeah. how do we establish that this is an alternate reality version of yourself? beard like, yeah. like it just yeah. without fail give him a beard that's the way you do it and it's true of pretty much every single person in in this show which is really interesting actually because that means that you are the prime version of you but i'm the alt version yes. of myself yeah that's true but i mean are you the original prime version of yourself or are you mm. the prime version of yourself inhabited by the original version of yourself having traveled that's the question I think I'm like the uh, healthy non-drug addict version of myself, like Scott. Okay, excellent. Yeah. I am not uh, the healthy non-drug addict version of myself. So. <laughs> right. Okay. Okay. Uh, uh, all right. So um, also, I just want to mention about Renata. Right. I think that there is definitely similarities in terms of how Renata is sort of suppressing. But I think I think for me, Renata is suppressing it because of the treatment she's receiving. Yeah, I think, I, that I, she, I think that's, yeah. that's that's strongly implied that the, the Renata. It's not a problem with the jumping. It's a problem with her being conditioned to think that she has a psychosis after the fact yeah, yeah exactly uh also what did you what did you think about the fact that they traveled to another dimension but they were in the same position so they were all sitting around in the circle like they were or pentagram i suppose pentagon not gram come on uh satanists uh so basically <laughs> they, they travel to the other to the other uh, dimension but they're in the same thing because so the same as nina and uh, prairie they were both in an ambulance so it seems like you have to be in the same position in the dimension you're going to yeah that is interesting actually i'd not really given too much thought to that but um, not not ge- geographical position but just no. like sort of the same circumstance yeah that's i wonder if there is some kind of guiding hand which tells them or gives them an inkling of how the, the, their alternate selves are positioned um, because yeah I'd not thought about that but that is striking certainly yeah okay awesome um, also I just wanted to pick up something Hap said here because I, I, in my mind Hap got it the wrong way around but maybe you'll convince me otherwise Hap said um, when he they, they came into this alt world Hap said uh, same play different cast um, and I was thinking to myself I think that's the opposite of what it is I think it's the same cast, different play, isn't it? Yeah, I, I can kind of see the argu- the argument that it's a different cast because will be different play, different, different filling. Cast. Yeah, I think it's different play, different cast. I don't think anything's the same because, like, yeah, yeah they're, they're they're embodying different characters, but the plot is different as well. Like, it's not like it's it's not. Um, it, yeah, I don't think I agree with that. There, I think I think you're. It's uh, maybe this is this is like a James Bond film, I think, where you know you, you're gonna have the femme fatale, you're gonna have the Bond girl, you're gonna have James Bond, but there's gonna be different characters playing them, and they're essentially different. It's essentially a different story, but there's a couple of there's a couple of known quantities in there where you kind of know what you're gonna get from them, and I think that's what that's what we're getting here. Yeah, fair enough. We finally, whenever it doesn't matter anymore, we get told that the uh, the quarry was in North Dakota. Uh, doesn't matter anymore at all. <laughs> yeah, and there's actually seven million quarries in North Dakota. <laughs> I, I do, I do, I do. Ah, I'm not gonna say it. I've got, I've got like a little like not. It's not even a theory, but I've got like a question. But I don't want to say it just in case it gives anything away in terms of the rest of the season. I don't think. It well, does, I but... mean, you can say it if you want. I'm listen. I'm not gonna hold you accountable for this. It's the listeners who will, will hold okay, your feet okay, to I'll the fire. In my, well, my mind. My my mind sort of you know remember last in the last season how uh, prairie at the dinner table went like this and i yes. was saying that 
I was saying that maybe parts of her life have contributed to this, uh, the movements, uh, or maybe she was just, I don't know what she was doing, but it, it felt like, mm-hmm. you know, maybe stuff came from her life. And I was in my mind, and we also see uh, that Homer was able to travel. This is weird, actually. We're getting into a situation we've never been in before, whereas I'm making theories too. But my, I, I know my theories aren't going to be answered, is the thing, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, like, we know that Homer kind of traveled a little bit into the future, um, a, a little bit, because... What, um, his NDE? Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Because based on what we find out in this episode. So mm. my, my, my idea is that potentially telling us that it's North Dakota now, that might actually be important later on if someone was able to go back and give someone information that they were in dakota north dakota you know yeah well i i will but i, I again again mm, i've got a theory i've got a big shoot theory. From the hip. no i mean i i've got a big theory which i, I i'm almost certain one of the big theories i'm coming out of this episode with is not going to be answered because okay. it's so complicated and it's they barely scratched the surface of it but i think there is something to that um we'll get there when we get there it's all is all i'm saying i will also say that just this last two minutes of us both theorizing off the you know shooting from the hip theorizing it making me think actually one day we might do a special where we both haven't seen a show because actually but then it, it makes our podcast like everything else but but actually it might be fun just to do that once you know um, yeah, yeah, but we'll do it for a sh- we'll do it for like CSI or something like something yeah. like, the like, Quentin Tarantino <laughs> double episode CSI. Um, I've seen it already though. I've uh, never watched an episode of CSI in my life, so uh, we could stay true to our uh, stay true to our podcast format. Well, that is surprising. Yow! Okay, let's move on. Uh, that was the Horatio glasses moment. Yep, I know um, the meme. <laughs> <laughs> you know the meme. Okay. Uh, all right, so. Um, Kareem. Kareem. Okay, well, well, let's let's go to Kareem. I was going to mention Homer injecting Prairie. Um, Oh, you can. I mean, you can do. That was just... um, I don't know. I went back and forth on Homer here. I was a bit like, Homer, I think you're a bit of a bastard, um, to be honest here. Like, you're less... um, Like, the soft-spokenness and the general kind of... um, kind bed manner it, it was maybe concealing him being a bit of a shit but actually as the episode goes on i think i i bought that he was genuinely he does genuinely care for these people even if um he is still supporting uh, fairly unconventional and p- perhaps unethical methods of, of studying them and, and treating them yeah okay awesome okay so kareem is staking out in his orange car yeah. um he's fa- he's got two women who have got off a bus um, he does a fantastic spit of mouthwash. Um, oh yeah, this reminded me of like Alan Partridge, where he like swallows the mouthwash because uh, he hasn't got anywhere to spit it. He, he, he like Kareem doesn't swallow it in in his defense, but it was still like, oh come on, dude, like have a toothbrush in your car or something. Yeah, and for people who are really really detail oriented like me, uh, you might notice when it goes to the wide shot of him getting out of the car after he spat the mouthwash, you can I can just imagine them all being like continuity. There has to be a water splash on the floor. There has wet to be patch, a water wet splash. patch. Where is it? Yeah, um, there ha- it has to be. So instead of being just an obvious like you might from how how far it was away, you might not be able to see like how small of amount he spat out of his mouth. Like it was literally only like a fifty mil bottle, but. Yeah. Um, that's California but, as well. It's probably but the wet patch, the, the wet patch they've got, it's like they held a hose there for like 10 seconds. <laughs> yeah, that's great. <laughs> Listen, he's just got a very spitty mouth, okay? He's got a lot of a lot of liquid in there. Um, what, one thing I will mention about this scene, it's a, a bit of a throwaway thing, but it struck me. Um, 
after last episode's descriptions of Pierre Ruskin as someone who essentially exploits people, um, yeah. young young people to uh, achieve his his ends commercially, I feel like there's very very dis, uh, deliberate visual um, symmetry between the sleepers or dreamers getting kind of bust out of um, of, of uh, Curie and uh, those images you see of like migrant workers who uh, who have been mm. who are like bust into you know farms and 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 you know low paying jobs and then and then bust out again um in the morning um yeah 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 that 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 was definitely like a visual symmetry that i that i drew yeah i thought i think that's that's a great bit of symmetry uh also it it sort of adds as well to kareem uh, talking about like hiding the uh the the crimes in the cloud as well um well not crimes but you know what i mean um the way you worded it last time uh so yeah Yeah, so sweatshop yeah yeah like a sweatshop uh, hide your sweatshop in the cloud exactly so yeah he finds out about uh pierre ruskin uh, got really mad whenever this doctor Marlo Rhodes quit. Um, yep. She's an older British woman in a wheelchair. Um, she uh... get a great little joke in this scene. Oh, it's not really a joke, but um, one of the uh, one of the the, the, the Spanish speaking ladies said, uh, "I wouldn't risk my dream job." Uh, to which I wrote, <laughs> "Rim shot! Someone get that writer an Oscar or a, yeah. a Tony, I guess." Tony? No. What do television th- things win in America? Uh, Golden Globes. Is it Golden Globes or Emmys? Yeah. Is it Emmys? Emmys or Golden Globes? Yeah, Emmys are Emmys are the are the better ones. Gold, yeah, Golden okay. Globes are sort of like the everything ones. Like you can yes. get a film Golden Globe. Yeah, Emmys TV. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed the "Wouldn't risk my dream job" line. That yeah, was like, that was great. Come on, uh, I, I feel like right. I could kind of see the writers high fiving each other when they wrote that <laughs> wrote that line. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so this character, um, the sleep, the the dreamer, we'll call her. Um, which actually, I suppose that has a lot of symbolism in terms of uh, America too. In terms of that migrant uh, symbolism, you're noticing. So they're yeah, literally dreamers. The American dream. Mm. No, no, no. The dreamers is a name of uh, people who um, are, are seeking. Don't know. I don't. I don't hold me to it. I, I'm not American, so I don't know exactly. But people who have been have been in America since they were very young, uh, and they came. They came seeking the dream, but now. What, you know, that there's like questions of whether they're uh, every few years they have to get a bit of legislation passed to let the dreamers stay in the country. Oh, I've never um, heard of that before. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, it's very interesting. I, again, uh, you know, go and read up about yourself. I'm not American, so I don't keep abreast of that exactly. But I know that dreamers are there's there's a link between my my migrant uh, people and dreamers as well. Hmm. Um, uh, okay, so we find out that uh, this this uh, dreamer thinks that Michelle saw something she wasn't supposed to see yes yeah and uh i wonder what that is well we kind of know what that is actually by the end of this episode um a very ominous line is delivered by marla later on which we will we will get to when we get to it got some theories about that don't you worry um the, I think a lot of a lot of the um, the information kind of doled out in the scene is kind of purely um, expository and like mechanical. So she doesn't recognise Q Symphony, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, they're basically they reveal that they're woken after each REM cycle uh, to discuss yeah. the dreams that they've had. Um, to essentially, you know, they're, uh, and later on in the episode, it's kind of revealed that they're like building this cloud of um, of dreams to find yeah. the, the the common threads between them. Yep, yep, yep. Um, yep, okay. So basically, Kareem then rings a friend of his, Mo. Um, mm. and maybe wants... more than the friend. Oh, maybe. Uh, wants info on Dr. Rhodes. Um, yes. So yeah, I don't think there's much more to that part yet. <laughs> he makes a great joke. Uh, like, what uh, no, I wasn't even going to mention that. 
I, I can't even remember cow. the setup, but the brown chicken brown cow was like, I need to go back and find. I think it was like, the what, did the, what, what did the. Se- I think sexy, sexy cow say to the sexy, uh, sexy what chicken. Did the se- or something. Sexy brown cow say to the sexy brown chicken, something like that. Yeah. Brown chicken brown cow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I was like, what? It's <laughs> like, a great gag. That's very much my speed for, for, <laughs> for, for actual jokes, this. So I was immediately like, Kareem, you're all right. When, like, <laughs> I, I think, you know, we talked about. Season one, to season two, there being a notable jump in like the complexity of the show. I also think just the characters are so much stronger in this than in season one. Uh, season one, mm-hmm. I think like Prairie was doing a huge amount of heavy lifting. Uh, not to say the other characters were bad, but you know, like Steve was kind of a dick, even though he kind of came around in the end. Yeah. There weren't a lot of characters to kind of get on board with, um, and it just makes such a big difference having having Kareem Washington here as well as as well as like. Prairie and the gang um, to mm-hmm. to 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 kind of get on board with. Well, yeah, I think I think a lot of the characterization put into the characters in season one was one hundred percent to make us feel empathy for them, and it was one hundred percent dramatic character building. Whereas in this season, season already, we're seeing a lot more sort of uh, I don't know how you'd even say, but just just even like just little light tones within characters to try and build yeah. them out as more rounded people, and yeah. I, I appreciate that too. Like I, I was even thinking that myself uh, in terms of the the I don't even know what her job would be, but she sits at the desk like the receptionist. At the, I don't think she's a receptionist, but a nurse possibly at at, at the mental institution. How yeah. I was looking at her costume, I was looking at her the way she sort of holds herself. I was thinking even the smaller characters are being much more sort of over the top in this in this world. Yeah, well, I mean, um, we'll get to that character later, actually, because she starred in a film that I really liked, and it was great to see her turning up in this. Um, But yeah, she's full of personality, that character, Mm -hmm. and she gets a lot of time to to, um, round out her character, as you say, which is not necessarily something they did as much of in the first season. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we get some information at the police station. He goes round. Unfortunately, the racist cop is the only one that's there, Um, but he has to talk to him. The jumper is uh, not Hayden Christensen. The jumper is dead. Um, yeah. the kid with the, the pink hair I think he had um, also uh, they find out that uh, no one has gone into that house for like I think it was like a four weeks or four months a long time anyway um, so they just see Kareem and Donald going up into the house but then there's a question well how did the guy who jumped out the window get in the house yeah um, yeah so a lot of my theories this week are to do with this house um, I feel like they're they're, they're, I don't want. I don't want to, you know, jump the gun here, um, but it's clearly important to what the Q Symphony kids and Pierre Ruskin are trying to solve. Mm. Um, and you know, that, it, it, like, if I was being like brutally honest about it, we know that there's a. Well, by the end of this episode, we find out like a t- there's a tunnel shaped like a coffin, which we haven't seen yet, but presumably there is another way into this house that he doesn't know about and that's how that kid got in but i think there are also there's like the fact that pierre ruskin's research is so centrally focused around this house makes me think that there's going to be some traveling stuff that you can do within this house and it's funny like we um we were talking off air about the malazan book of the fallen again which new listeners won't know but it's one of my favorite series of, of fantasy books and there are things called um uh they are i think they're called houses of the azath in that they're basically these ancient structures that are kind of um 
like the world itself allowing you to kind of travel from place to place they're like inherently magical and that's immediately what this house reminded me of like this place that kind of has always existed and will always exist um and is full of like portals and gateways to other places and um yeah that's kind of what i'm starting to think about in terms of the the house with the rose window that's a cool idea uh i like that uh okay so pierre ruskin rings up hap and says uh sort of ask questions about like you know did did nina go to the house by herself um pierre it ends actually the most important part of because we've talked about the house a little bit there the most uh sort of compelling part of this conversation for me was pierre saying i'm sending you a new subject yes wonder who that could be um (laughs) i think the thing that struck me in this maybe i'm misreading this but based on the way they talk to each other pierre doesn't seem to know that hap has replaced hunter uh based on what he's calling him like he's calling him hunter rather than hap mm-hmm. yet hap seems to be aware of their prior relationship um so it's almost as though when hap uh moved into this 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 uh person's body he maintained some of his knowledge of their previous relationships um which I'm yeah I'm not sure about I don't know if I I don't know if I'm reading that right or if I'm misremembering something but he seems to kind of personify both versions of himself almost yeah yeah there definitely is some of that going on um you know there might also be now I can't actually remember if this is answered or not so um it is it is just me like sort of analyzing this part as well it might it might also be that whenever he became Hunter Percy, he realized by by getting in contact with Pierre Ruskin, he could actually start, you know, get get people get people to like do this. Maybe I think Pierre Ruskin seems like he knew about the hat house before Hap did, so I don't know how that would work. But um, but there, there definitely is a chance. Like uh, like maybe they didn't actually start doing this together until Hap was in uh, Doctor Percy. Oh, okay, yeah, that 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 would make sense. Um... Yeah, I guess I think the only other thing that um, that really struck me in this scene is the this this is like the beginnings of Homer's skepticism towards Hap. I think that we see here. Yeah, so Homer comes out um, and uh, Homer sort of starts questioning, and then uh, Hap straight away is like, "You're questioning my methods. You don't like my methods." Yeah. Um, so Homer Homer's going to take over Nina's treatment. I suppose is the main takeaway from this. Um, mm. So yeah, so. Which which should be interesting. We do see a little bit of that later on when whenever yes. um, he she gets the therapy session. So but maybe we'll go f- first of all to Kareem, um, finding out a little bit more about uh, Doctor Rhodes before we get to the therapy. Then so basically Kareem's at home. He's doing some re- like research or whatever. He Drinking came- while he works like a true PI. Yeah, exactly. Um, the FBI didn't like him doing that, so now he just does it. Yeah. <laughs> no, Sorry. I can imagine not. That's the real reason he quit. But basically, he uh, he goes out. He hears noises outside his boat, and he goes out and brandishes a gun at Mo. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's just kind of sneaking about. Um, though I don't think nefariously. I think you know she. I, so it's interesting their relationship because they clearly have an inter- have had an intimate relationship. I think the implication is that the child she is carrying is their child, um, and there are there are moments uh, together where they are together and clearly still have affection for each other i believe they kiss at some point i might misremember that but there's certainly a... she kisses him like on the forehead as, as she's leaving sort of thing yeah there's there's like definitely like th- th- there are remnants of a relationship there if not um if not a, a, an active relationship let's say um 
but it, it like it's odd that she, like she sounded kind of says she was creeping around because she wasn't sure if someone was was there with him and he yeah. d- and didn't want to didn't want to like intrude. So it seems like maybe these guys are kind of post breakup or something, and they're still trying to navigate how that relationship works. But I I I really like Moira as a character immediately. Like she seems um she seems very competent and um she's got a bit of the I I I don't want to like compare her to like the only other female FBI agent that I can think of but she she seems a bit like um Agent Starling from uh, Silence of the Lambs not I mean she's she's far more progressed in her career so she's not like as as naive as Agent Starling but in terms of like having that vulnerability because she is a pregnant lady while also clearly being very competent is uh, there's an interesting yeah. kind of dichotomy to her character there yeah, yeah, no, I, I enjoyed that aspect to it as well. So basically, uh, find out that uh, Marlo Rhodes was worked at MI5. Yeah, she was a spook. Yeah, she was, and and they mm. they, they scrubbed. Uh, actually, they, they, they scrubbed her. No phone, no no, no Facebook page, nothing. Actually, I think the Facebook page was all, all they found—a cache of an old Facebook page. Yeah. Um, so basically, uh, the way they sort of got her was she was audited in 2013 because Mo hacked in to the IRS. Um, and they got a bookstore address, which she apparently buys books from all the time. Yeah. Um, so yeah, just following the trail. To, yeah, nice, uh, to nice little bit of detective TV show stuff here. Like you know, yeah. you have to get to the next point. So I think that it was quite nice the way they did it. Yeah, um, absolutely. Yeah, and uh, baby kicking. Do you want to feel? Yeah, I don't remember what he actually says. To be honest, to that line. I think um, there's just a little awkward moment there. I don't. I don't think there was actually. I don't think he said anything. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think I think it was just a little little moment there. Um, so your is that is that a theory of yours that uh, the baby says? Yes. Well, I mean, it, I, to be honest, actually, did I even write it down? I don't know if I wrote that down. I'll have to add it post post recording. But that was just a, a little minor thing. I assume the baby is his. Um, yes, yeah, seems... really theory. It's just more of an assumption. Yeah, <laughs> it seems like they're setting them up as as having had a relationship in the past. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, so the therapy session then between um, Homer and Prairie. Or uh, Nina, I should say. Uh, so there's a, there's a lot of uh, sort of back and forth here at the beginning, um, where ha- uh, she basically Perry's all, all, already um, cynical of the situation. She says uh, suspicious, I should say, rather than cynical, kind of cynical too. Uh, Hap does Hap watch these sessions? Uh, basically questioning as well, saying Hap uh, Hap would ask you to say that, um, and basically she just like pins the whole thing. Like she knows what's going on, you know. And, yeah. and I think Homer doesn't really have anything to say to that. Um, yeah, yeah they, they, I think um, her story makes so much sense that Homer kind of can't help but um, believe her scepticism uh, or outright aggression mm-hmm. towards Hap um, as valid. Um, I think the thing that so the, this is going to lead into some stuff I've got to say later about this. But cool. so big things we find out in this scene: Rachel, this Rachel lost her speech as a child um, in a car accident. In a car accident, yes. Which, which, if you remember what her story was of her first NDE, yeah, wasn't it her sister? Uh, not her sister. Her brother was paralysed in that car accident, I believe. I think it might have been her sister. Was it a sister? Oh, but, but anyway, yeah. So that. But she was, was fine. Um, yeah. In, so in she's a similar accident. thing to Nina going on. Okay. So yeah, there's. Mm, okay. So there's, there's there's stuff happening here. So in this in this world, um, Rachel had her NDE, saw her version of Katoon gave up her voice much like prairie gave up her eyesight um which i think that all seems to me to track with what we know about about um about you know ndes in general and i think mm-hmm. it possibly also explains why rachel didn't get a movement 
in the original world because she hadn't had the NDE and hadn't met Katoon at a young age or her version of Katoon. I haven't really worked out whether it's... I think she did have an NDE. Remember she floated above the car? Um, That's true. But I don't think she met Katoon either way. Okay. That's my... I don't... Yeah, I, I need to get this straight in my head, I think. But so, okay, they... Or her version of Katoon, yeah. Yeah, her version of Katoon. I don't know if it's all going to be the same thing. Um, so they also mentioned Prairie's father. Um, um, mm-hmm. And I, I don't think we actually talked about this last week, but it's revealed. it was revealed in the previous episode that he was shot in a bathtub, which uh, sounds like a bit of a Russian mafia thing to do, to be, on- <laughs> to be <laughs> yeah. honest. So, um, yeah, I think, uh, I think the Russian mafia might still be involved, or I can't remember what they're actually called in this, but they are the Russian mafia. There's a, there's a name they use for them. The Voy? Are they called the Voy? Uh, no idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> Sorry, my, just... mo- my mother's just arrived at the window here. I'm trying <laughs> to tell great. her I'm recording. That's great. I was like, are she's you like indicating this, she's to like me? This, she's like this at the window right now. That's fantastic. There's there an off. Hello, her... I'm recording. <laughs> Get her involved. Get her on the OA. Yeah, well, you know, the, the audience know my mother. Like, my mother is, uh, she hasn't actually, I don't think she's seen the OA, actually. But, oh, okay. Uh, Get some theories she, out of her. She's an expert at dark, I'll tell you that. So, yeah, she is. Um, so, okay, this, this this the whole thing with, like, Rachel's NDE um, and, uh, like, this version of her being so substantially different to, um, to the version we saw in the original world, it was really kind of, like, compounded by the revelation that Homer's NDE is happening in this world so mm-hmm. um you know the the, the 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 dream he experienced where he was you know dieharding his way through the vents and he went and like yeah. ate a sea anemone um that's happening in this world and and i believe okay. that prairie in this scene actually says this is the dimension of homer's nde which makes me think it's either in this scene or it might be in the later scene where she meets scott and rachel and yeah um, it is and Renata, yeah. Actually. um okay so i'll talk about that properly then but it's just interesting that the NDEs happen in other dimensions, um, which we kind of knew already, um, about how that impacts the different, like how you exist in different worlds. Um, and also, um, we get, uh, well, I said I was going to mention her, we get uh, Brina, I can never pronounce her surname, I think it's Vinayite uh, from the Florida Project, who is the nurse who turns out. Oh, I was the like, Florida Project, yeah. Oh, cool. Like, she's, yeah, because like, she, she wasn't an actress uh, before the Florida Project. I believe they, they, they found her. Um, and thought she had, you know, a great air of legitimacy to her for that film. Um, so it's great to see her getting work in this. That's awesome. Yeah, that's awesome. The Florida Project is a film I've always uh, intended to check out. So yeah, it's very good. Another, another reason to watch it. Um, yeah. So basically, um, when Homer puts his arm up, and uh, Nina's like, "Yeah, that's what you did. That's what you did." Did you notice whenever that uh, actress come in and said, uh, "There's a man running around in a pink gown," and um, and uh, there's also an issue with the plumbing. <laughs> I love that because uh, it explains away why all the like your urine was coming out of the urinals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, like it, that. That seemed like when we saw it the first time, it was like, "What is this? Like some kind of David Lynch film where you've got like weird symbolism <laughs> in the urinals?" And then it's like, "No, it's just the problem with the plumbing that happened to coincide with uh, with Homer's NDE experience." <laughs> yeah, exactly. And actually, that's the thing that you didn't realize in the first episode, which you could have, because the fish tank was very clearly the same fish tank he ate the fish from. Um, I'm trying to think now. I, that might have been one of those things that I did realise and just didn't mention because I thought it was quite clear. But I, to be honest, I can't remember now. Um, but uh, yeah, it didn't It didn't surprise me when um, 
Oh, no, it, uh, that, that's not true, actually. It surprised me when his NDE happened in this dimension, but I think it was clear to me that either in this dimension or another dimension where this where this um, mm-hmm. uh, mental health facility exists, that his, uh, his NDE was happening. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, okay, it's, so... It's pretty distinctive. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, so there is a couple of questions I have for you about this, though. Basically, when, when Homer went to the NDE into this world... Mm. How did that work? Is he literally sort of appearing there as himself? Is he w- actually is there two of two of the same body in that moment in this mental institution or is he transporting into someone else's head? How's like what's actually happening here? Um so I think I don't think that they're going to manifest as themselves in another world. I think the way that it has been described, it seems to all be about souls and consciousness and power of will. So I'd be really surprised if they were just kind of apparating out of thin air as themselves in this other world. I think it's more likely that they inhabit the body of another person. Um, But from their point of view, you know, they are um, they are kind of they're basically feeling um, they feel as if they are themselves and in fact actually it takes me puts me back in mind of French when he was um, exploring Prairie's house and her belongings uh, in the final episode of the last season he mm-hmm. sees Homer's reflection in the mirror in her bathroom uh, which makes me uh, that that could just be kind of like a um that could have just been symbolism because at that point in, in the show he was sceptical of whether Prairie had been telling the truth or just constructing a story and yeah. seeing Homer's reflection might have just been an extension of that, him saying you know, is is this just a, a fiction that she's created and you know, she's actually pulled Homer from parts of my personality and parts of Steve's personality, but I do wonder if there's something more to that uh, based on yeah. something else that happens with a mirror uh, later on <laughs> in this episode Yeah, exactly I don't know about you, Conrad, but when I go to a bookstore, I always put on my glasses, whether I need them or not, just to seem yeah. a bit more booky, you know? Yeah, it just lets them know that you mean business. Yeah. You know? It lets them know that you're here to read. Um, and uh, and it works. You know, uh, Kareem turns on the charm, turns on the book charm, yeah. and, uh, and, and you know, gets gets the end result he's after. Book, here. book charm is the best type of charm. Uh, did you, did you uh, want to talk about at all what the book that was chosen was? Uh, Yes, so um, it's Parable of the Sower, which I haven't read, but I do actually know quite a lot about because um, there is a similar story um, called Death of Grass, which is also about a young woman um, who uh, is... Is it a young woman? I might be wrong, actually. Death of Grass might be about a man. It's been a long time since I read Death of Grass. But it's about like kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian society um, and um, how society recovers from that. And Parable of the Sower in particular is interesting because it's about a young woman who develops hyper-empathy, which means she feels sensations that she witnesses um, and uh, founds a belief system on it in this like post-apocalyptic world, which feels an awful lot like someone we might know in uh, in 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 this story, uh, i.e. Prairie. Oh, I was um, thinking Nancy. As... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, it's Renata clearly. Um, it's also uh, I I don't know the Bible very well, but apparently it's also a biblical story about like spreading the good word and how lots of people will respond uh, people will respond to what you're saying differently um but i can't really speak to the bible story that much because i don't know it uh but it's yeah it's definitely a very pointed inclusion uh at this point i think 
Okay, cool. Uh, so he gets what he says, as we say, um, uh, and he'll go to uh, Dr. Rhodes' uh, house in the woods later on. Before we get there, though, yep. Prairie is crying uh, due mm. to the isolation and, you know, due to being the distance between her and Homer, I imagine. Um, Homer starts feeling sorry for her. Then we get, like, a really interesting like, sort of scene where she's remembering uh, the boys and BBA, and then she draws mm. a picture of them. Yeah. Um, do you recognize so this, this picture? I'm trying. I do recognize it. I don't actually remember where she's seen it before, though. But it's. It, it, I feel like it was in season one somewhere. I think. I, it, I think it, it literally up. was. Just you know how they put a really cool image up at the. Um, on the oh, title. Oh, it's card. one of the openings. Yeah, yeah it's it like one episode of the six cards, or seven's yeah. opening. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Um, so I think this seems to me like it's Prairie discovering another trap. Tra- I'm going to put this in air quotes. Transcendental skill. This one actually is transcendental. This is a hell of a charcoal that was uh, drawing. That was um, uh, it was a bit. It was better than her violin <laughs> yeah, playing. We'll, we'll for sure. <laughs> I'll say. Um, uh, be, there's, there's no Japanese tourist taking videos of this and putting it on YouTube, though. Interestingly, no, no. Um, but the, you know, she she freaks herself out by the looks of things. You know, she kind of does the uh, the, the classic Hollywood thing after you've killed a killed a man, <laughs> like staring at your own hands, like what have I become? Um, yeah. Except in this case, she's like, "Oh, I'm a really good artist now. I should do something with this." Um, well, she can't. She wasn't a really good artist in the last one because she was blind most of her life. Like she, she could hardly write. You know, that's true. Yeah, that is true. Um, they hardly type. Never mind write. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so she draws the boys in BBA. Um, yeah, so she's developed a new transcendental skill, which um, seems like it. My understanding of that is that it happens when you have an NDE. So I wonder if her getting shot in the heart has given her this skill, or whether it's purely a case that her emotional connection to the boys in BBA is so strong that she's like able to express that connection in a transcendental way. Yeah, like my mind also goes to the potential of when you travel to another world, even for a moment, you get it. So in the NDE, when yeah. she travels to another world, you get a transcendental skill. Um, this is the sec. The, so I suppose technically it's like the third world she's been to, if you count her weird satin type world as one. So yeah, so yeah. she's she's now she got the violin playing from the cartoon place, and she's getting the, the drawing from here, possibly, or maybe this is just a skill Nina had. Yeah, maybe maybe, maybe there's, just there's muscle really memory. Good. There's muscle memory there. Yep, could easily be that. Could easily be that. Uh, but it's a lovely lovely drawing anyway. Yeah, it is lovely. Uh, so she's getting released into Gen Pop. Uh, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm going to admit something here. When Homer said that about her, I thought it meant they were letting her out of the hospital. <laughs> I was like, that seems like an awful, an awfully big step for a fairy to take, to be honest. Yeah. And then when when she walks into Gen Pop and Renata's just there smoking indoors, which I'm pretty sure is illegal, I was like, okay, this makes more sense. I don't. I, I think in some some parts of America it's illegal, but actually there's a lot of parts of America where you still can smoke indoors. Oh really? I I thought like America was fully on the no smoking indoors uh, train now. No, I don't. I don't believe they are. I really don't okay, believe they are. Okay, fair enough. Um, let us know in the comments. Uh, that might be a fish for comments. Who knows? Um, any anytime we we we're stupid, I just say yeah. Well, that was just to get you to engage. You know. <laughs> yeah, it gets the people going. Yeah. That's what we need to. Yeah, exactly. That's we, what we need. We've got to. We've got to act like fools every now and then. We're yeah. like shock jock. We're like Howard Howard Stern. Is that his name? Shock jockeys. <laughs> like just oh, oh, I know say who, provocative. I, I, yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Howard Stern. Yeah, shock jocks. Yeah, yeah. that's what we're doing. Well, of course, that's what we do. Um, smoking indoors. There's nothing more shocking than that. Right. Okay. So, yeah. um, so uh, Renata 
we see her now. We've talked a little bit about her. She's convinced it's all yeah. a lie. Scott remembers and he believes, uh, remembers and believes it did, it did actually all happen. He gives her a hug. Yeah. Um, he's much more healthy now. I, I really like the performance of uh, Scott here. Like, he's yeah, so too. warm, you know, like he, uh, a man who is a sort of over, like, even though they're still locked up, he kind of probably feels like he's free compared to what he was. Oh, absolutely. I, I think this is a really sweet moment between Scott, Rachel and Prairie as they kind of are able to touch each other for the first time. Um, and I think it's brilliantly performed by all three of them. Uh, I really, really felt the sort of a sense of emotional release as, um, you know, even though I, I believe it, it's Scott who says, you know, we're more trapped here than we ever were um, in the old world. So, you know, even though that is still kind of hanging over them. This, oh, I think he moment, says that about Renata. Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, I think he's Renato he's talking about. Yeah. But um, I think that's probably still, to a certain extent, true for all of them. Mm. Um, but uh, or uh, it, they are at least as trapped as they were in, oh, yeah, <laughs> in the old world because they're literally locked in here. But um, yeah, yeah, I, I think it's still a really sweet moment between them and a, and a moment of emotional release yeah. um, and catharsis. Yep, exactly. Um, and Prairie mentions the boys and Betty, <laughs> and then we move away from the scene and we go to uh, Doctor Rhodes' house. Um, mm. Now it starts off uh, with Kareem and Doctor Rhodes talking, and uh, Doctor Rhodes is sort of there's a question of is she a moral defector or or was she complicit in in all of this? And she starts she talks about it like a uh, she does like a crow drone analogy. I've said here we all know crow drone <laughs> analogies. They're all they're all they're all the rage these days. They're all the rage. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So she. Uh, speaks about like she had went through 20 drones before she learned to fly like a crow you know um, and I mm. thought it was really interesting obviously like you know depicting the idea of her getting in with these people um, and like you know going along and she sort of no one knew she was different than them all that sort of thing but the interesting part is at the very end of the scene her drone falls down and I'm like ah she left she left Curie yeah well I think that that's definitely the, the kind of visual metaphor there to be honest in this scene as well, I was kind of getting flashbacks to Game of Thrones with like Brandon Stark wagging into things. I was like, like I, I was sort of like, how much does she know about this? The, the, you know, this idea of traveling mm. is the implication that she would be able to travel travel into a version of herself that was more able bodied. Like, is that maybe what she's kind of dreaming of here as well? Um, I don't know if she knows enough about it to know that that's possible based on what she says in this scene. But it's mm. um, that that's where my mind immediately went. Um, I will also just say as well, there is some lovely. Um, camera work and lighting in this scene when Kareem kind of knocks on the door and then walks into the house and the camera follows him and the the, the change in like hues um, and um, kind of tone uh, visually of the of the scene is is really striking it becomes really warm um, as he's walking through the house and it's just there's a lot of like very kind of like virtuosic um, camera work in this in this episode which I really like yeah yeah this is like every now and then like you get a show not every show does it but where they just like they every shot is so considered like you know it's it's yeah. I, I really love the love the look of this show um okay so uh talking away character development for kareem kareem's well. former fbi agent he was undercover in muslim communities um and he, whenever uh, the young men that he was with in the muslim community starting started like building bombs and like sort of got involved in that in that in that in that, in that thing um, he says, "Well, they never would have even known about this if, I, if they didn't meet me." So he sort of saw himself as a the catalyst yeah. to these young men and becoming I, ra- radicalized. Yeah, and I, I think uh, my feeling is the implication here is that his time spent kind of facilitating the radicalization of like young Arab men uh, is what ultimately drove him out of the bureau. Yeah, 
Yeah, exactly. And it's it's I I got that as well. Um, and it sort of opens up some questions, like you know, like for example, like obviously this is a less serious thing. Uh, and like when we when we're talking about radicalizing people, uh, it's it's obviously more of a indoctrination sort of thing as well, though. But even mm. in a simpler form, it's kind of like the question: if you have like a, a car with like you put like a hundred thousand dollars on the on the passenger seat and just leave the window open, um, you know, if that per- if someone comes along and takes the money, you know, are they guilty really? Because well, they are guilty, but should they be punished to the same level because they only yeah, I mean, did it's it kind be- of entrapment but yeah it's entrapment they only did it because the the opportunity arose uh so yeah it's uh it's it's interesting it's an interesting thing uh to, to think about hmm. so um after that little scene then we're back into um back into the the mental institution treasure island and prairie yeah. uh is uh, says what we have said earlier about she thought of homer so therefore she came here um mm-hmm talks about that's the tank like they're sort of spelling everything out for us at this point like they've given us enough time to get it ourselves and then she's saying that's the tank from homer's nde this is the place uh here it is and then they all look around at homer who's looking through the uh, glass at them which I yeah thought was... listening to some it's very funny like the incongruity of homer like spying on them um while listening to some middle of the road ass pop rock in the background <laughs> it's like come on homer like you, you've got to have a better choice of music than this um, um yeah. It's uh, I I'm just going to say this now. Uh from this scene onwards, this episode gets kind of nuts in terms of what it is discussing. So in this scene we get Prairie saying for the first time that we are in Homer's NDE dimension. Um mm-hmm. so there's a I might be completely wrong about this, but this is where my brain is at the moment. So Homer is in... This is Homer's NDE dimension. It's the dimension that original Homer visited when he had his NDE. And it's telling that in this dimension, the, the, the alt Homer isn't really aware of these kind of extra dimensional goings on he's not like either it like he doesn't have the information but he also hasn't had like the nde with his spinal injury mm-hmm. um during football that, that kind of sets him along that path and i think it's interesting that this idea of that each of these individuals that we know so, uh, scott rachel renata prayer and homer visited potentially visited a different dimension with their nde and the version of themselves in that dimension didn't doesn't actually know anything about NDEs or sort of travelling beyond dimensions. And I think that's particularly important as it relates to Rachel and what happens to her in this episode. And the fact that the original Rachel, although she she did have an NDE, um, but she was never given the fifth movement, she never spoke to Katoon. I know that it did, they did say in the first season that maybe Katoon wasn't giving her the fifth movement purely because she didn't want uh, or they rather didn't didn't want have to get it, but there's an interesting comparison I think between Rachel in the original world and Homer in this world that maybe I'm way off on, but that's kind of where my head's going with that at the moment. Okay, very interesting. Um, okay, uh... I did also I did also legitimately think when Rachel like runs off, they're like, how can she speak without words? I did for a moment think she was going to speak to them through the power of interpretive dance. Uh, <laughs> like, <laughs> I thought she was going to start dancing, and then she dumps like the Monopoly stuff out, and I was like, okay, that works as well. Yeah, that's uh, that reminds me of a joke that uh, Eva made at our wedding in her speech. Do you remember it? She said, uh, uh, "I've tried to think about the words that could describe my love uh, for James, uh, but I thought I'm an artist. I'll express it through the me- mode of interpretive dance." <laughs> <laughs> she 
did that. She's a great she, gag. Yeah, she didn't do a dance. She, but uh, no, she didn't do a dance. But like, it was still it was a great gag. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so um, I'm gonna let you know something now, which I've okay. I've debated whether or not to tell you, uh, but based on what you've just said. I'm going to tell you. It's something you missed in season one. Someone in the comments put in uh, that, I sh- that why doesn't you, why haven't I mentioned it? Uh, I'm going to mention it now because I'd rather wait until the end of the season. A, again, a lot of these questions aren't going to be answered, but just to feed Conrad's uh, little uh, brain hole there. Uh, brain hole? Brain mouth? Brain hole. Feed, the, feed that brain hole. Feed the, feed the brain hole. So basically, in... Now, this is, this is a big chunk of something to let you think about. Based on what okay. you just said... I really am impressed that you kind of put that all together yourself because based on what you've just said, there is actually a hint, not a hint, but there's so, there's, a, there's a hidden something in in the scene. Remember the scene with uh, Riz Ahmed, Ilias, we know his name now, Ilias yep. uh, and Prairie with Abel and Nancy in the sort of outside his office in the FBI thing. Yeah, yeah. So there's a there's a wide shot which shows a wall next to them. Now, on the wall... Now, there's no way you would have realized this because you don't speak Braille or you don't read Braille. <laughs> um, speak Braille. But on, on the wall, spelled... like It looks like an art, art installation on the wall, but it's like this big and it's actually just Braille. And it's, okay. it's, it's it just says Rachel. Ah, uh, okay. Interesting. Mm. Isn't mm. it? There's... Okay, well, we'll come back to that at the end of this episode because there's some shit going on with Rachel. Um, yeah, that's interesting. Riz Ahmed, like, Ilias is a fucker, I'm telling you. <laughs> like, the more I find out about him, like, like he's he, just like, he's, what art should I have in here? Uh, oh, I know. I'm... Just likes the name. He's a big fan of Friends. <laughs> yeah. He yeah. always he always thought of himself, he's, he's always like, I'm such a Rachel. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he had the haircut in the nineties and all. Yeah, he did. We all loved it. We all loved the Rachel in the, in the late nineties and Riz Ahmed or Elias more than any other. Yeah, exactly. Uh, okay, so um, Kareem. That's what I got to say about this scene. You know, you Christ. You got Kings, Kingsley Benadir, and you, you you know it's like Steve in the first season. You got to get his kid off. You know. I mean, great. I, I, yeah, he is. He, but I actually was more referring to the information they were communicating. Oh, but okay. yeah, well, that, like, that's what your brain's on. Is, yeah. The Kingsley Benedict is stacked as well. I was very impressed by that, and it's like, fair enough, get that out. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, okay, so the stuff that, like, I'm just going to list off what I got from this because I'm almost certain I missed stuff in this, and okay. you can maybe fill in that, fill in the blanks. So dream overlap. So basically, yep. this idea of the dreamers, they collect the information and look for. Um, recurring themes in them which we'll come back uh, later i want to know if that german dream experiment is a real thing that marlo mentions because that when they they talk about like the rise of uh people um yeah kind of predicting in their dreams the rise of nazism um, i assumed it wasn't like, uh, the 20s i assume it's not either but that's they're really cool if it is mm-hmm. um so something interesting they say the game is not a project of curie Mm. which to me seems to be confirming that Pierre Ruskin didn't design the game. Uh, maybe I'm misreading that. Um, I think that's a fair assumption to make from that, but I don't think it's confirmed, but I think it's a fair, no, fair assumption. But, it, but, I mean, that obviously begs the question, who designed that game then, guys? Because <laughs> uh, someone did. Yeah. Um, and the the big kind of mic drop reveal at the end of this first first scene, this is actually before uh, he's he's gone in, the, gone in to get his kit off. This yeah, is yeah. when they're actually walking. Um 
so she talks about you know putting things from the material world into the dream world Mm -hmm. she's fine with taking things out of the dream world into the waking world is too much obviously the question that comes from that is what did you take from the dream world into the waking world yeah my my first thought honestly was prairie but at the end of this episode i feel like there's something else that maybe was taken out of the dream world and into the waking world um I don't know what it is, but okay. it doesn't doesn't seem great, and Hap seems pretty protective over it. That's all I'll say for now. Okay. Uh, excellent, excellent. Uh, I think what we'll do is we'll do the last uh, scene with they have, that they have here as well, just to get all this sort of uh, Dr. Rhodes and Kareem stuff out of the way. Um, you know, not that we're not enjoying it. We are enjoying it. But uh, yeah. So basically, uh, they talk about um, that last year patterns begin to show themselves through these streams, and there was three yeah. things that kept coming back tunnels tunnel the size of a coffin yep. a curved double-sided staircase and a rose stained glass window now let me just say mm. it's whatever she said there's only one building in the whole world with all three of those things i was like in my head i was like there's no way i think there's only there's one no bu- i think there's only one building in the whole world that has a tunnel the size of a coffin like to add that into any three and it's gonna be the one. See, I, I went the other way. I was like, "Come on, a double, a double-sided staircase and a rose window." Like, you, you know, there's, there's, there's gonna be, there's gonna be hundreds of those in, in, in Surrey alone. Um, <laughs> yeah, but this is the thing, actually, because this, this is the same show that told us there was five hundred thousand quarries in North America, yeah, <laughs> uh, seventy billion quarries in the world, or whatever. Yeah, it's, it's it go, it's go all or nothing for this show. It's like one, yeah. one of these houses or five hundred thousand quarries. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah. So apparently, only one house. Apparently, only one house. Like, but. Uh, I thought I, th- I thought to myself, what house has a tunnel the size of a coffin? Yeah, that seems like a really odd way to describe a tunnel as well. Yeah. Um, again, maybe just you know a bit of kind of like a lyrical quality to the writing um, that they have that that um, that Britt Marling has demonstrated her skill for previously, um, but a really odd and evocative way of describing that. Um, I will also say as well the the cuts back and forth here between Rachel playing char- essentially playing charades yeah, yeah. Um, which is great um, describing stuff and uh, Marlowe Rhodes Marlowe Rhodes is that her full name yep Doctor Marlowe Rhodes yeah. Doctor Mar- excuse me Doctor Marlowe Rhodes um, um, kind of laying it out was really compelling so um, I think we go to the ward first so I'll probably talk about these kind of yep, yeah, yeah. maybe interchangeably yep. so house interesting immediately greenhouse yeah teenagers okay then prairie revi- like uh, and, and, and then map and prairie cottons on that um hap is trying to make an interdimensional map mm. and immediately my mind went back to oh shit the thing that zendaya's character was building looked a lot like a twin staircase yeah uh that might also be some kind of 3d model uh maybe a map one might say um which makes me think that the map, uh, that the objective is to map the gr- the house, and then finally, obviously, we get greenhouse, greenhouse. It's clearly, you know, the house uh, in uh, I can't remember the name of the road where it is actually. He Nob has mentioned Hill. it a couple of times. Knob Hill, that's it. How did you forget Knob um, Hill? <laughs> yeah, that's true. I, yeah, I've, I've let myself down there. Um, yeah. That's the kind of thing I would have immediately cottoned onto uh, <laughs> normally. Um, and then the flower. Um, we don't actually see it in this episode, but I'm fairly certain that the the, the circular window at the top of that house had a kind of floral design mm-hmm. on it. Um, and we do see um, in the dream mapping um, wh- when um, when uh, Marlowe is talking about it, 
um we see someone sit sat at like a desk with loads of monitors in front of them and we mm-hmm. see all of them kind of the, the, the mappings overlapping to show a floral stained glass window which i'm pretty sure is the window at the top of that house i'm not certain because we haven't seen it that close but i remember noticing that it had a stained glass window at the top when we saw it in the previous episode mm-hmm. um which so something's going on with this house <laughs> This house seems like it might be important. Um, we've got the curved double-sided staircase, obviously, in the house. So who... The, the, the house is the map. It seems to be the implication from what Rachel is saying. Which, to me, suggests that there's a way to travel through it. Which would explain maybe where the pink-haired kid came from. There's, there's, there's some way of travelling in that house, it would explain why kids are living in the house, why it seems to be driving them insane, because maybe they're stepping through portals within the house itself. Um, and, you know, maybe leans into that kind of House of the Azath Malazan thing I was I was mm. looking at, where that, the, the house is this kind of like ancient, almost Stephen King-esque horror, not horror necessarily, like but, you know, room. it's something weird. Yeah, it's like a portal room that, like, predates mankind and has just changed as, as the city has grown up around it. Um... But if Curie didn't make the game to lure people to the house to get them to, to map it, but Doctor like, Rhodes, Doctor Rhodes does know that it was designed for that purpose. So yeah, exactly. So Doctor Rhodes must know who made it. Well, because how otherwise? Oh, in the app description, does it say designed to lure people to the house? You know how? Yeah, it, I don't know. I that's what I'm trying to figure out because it's like it feels like the the app is kind of of mysterious origins as well at yeah. this point. Mm-hmm. Um, like someone must have designed it, but who? And if 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 the app was designed to lure people to the house, Pierre Ruskin and Hap are obviously trying to map this house to unlock whatever power it contains. Um, but if they're and like, so they are the obvious choices for people who designed the game. But if they didn't design it, who the fuck did? That's where I am at the moment. Yeah, uh, and the scene ends with uh, Doctor Marlow Road saying, uh, "Well, if you." Well, when Kareem says that he went in the house and it was just a normal house, and, and Dr. Marlowe Road says, "Well, then you have not been inside that house." Yeah, that's kind of like, all right, okay. There's some, there's some stuff going on. Yeah. There's some stuff going on. Like the house is, uh, the house seems like it might be important to this, to this episode, yeah, uh, or to this series. It does. Uh, okay, so that basically covers most of what was happening there. They, they did have the moment wherever um, Hap comes in and just goes mental, like starts like. Yeah, yeah, like that. That's not the behavior of a man of science. That's yeah. the behavior of a man who's maybe trying to conceal something. I would say. Yeah, and I think and, and like the taser to Scott's neck. Jeez, right. Yeah, uh, and I think that uh, like you could see things. I, I could see things starting to happen in Homer's head because Nina's like, getting dragged out and she's screaming. Like, oh, Prairie, sorry, is screaming like you know. Uh, you see, you see, why would he? Why would he care if, this, if what we say it wasn't true? And I thought, I just think to myself, like that's re- they're making a really compelling point. You know? Yeah, you know, she's. I, I I'll be honest. At the beginning of this episode, I was a bit like, I think you might be wearing your kind of hatred for Hap a little bit too much on your sleeve here. Prairie, because you know, you, like you've pr- you maybe want to try and fool him into thinking you're going to work with him again because he's clearly receptive to it. Um, but by the end of this episode, I was like, now fuck it, like Hap's done, like Hap's a lost cause. Get Homer on board, and we can, uh, yeah, you know, like, and, and he can he can bust you out of this joint. Yeah, exactly. That's how I feel too. Uh, because Hap is a, a, a naughty boy, we'll say. Um, yes, the naughtiest of boys. <laughs> the naughtiest of boys. Uh, <laughs> Um, Hap did actually say something earlier in this episode, which we didn't mention yet. Uh, funny enough, I can't believe we skipped over that. But he mentioned something like, uh, 
um, in that first initial scene with Prairie, he, uh, when they're up in his office, they, they mentioned, I can't remember the exact wording, but it was something to the effect of um, eventually we'll, we'll find a reality or whatever where you don't hate me or something like that. Yes, yeah, he definitely says that. And um, I, mm, I'm not sure what I, I'm not sure how I feel about that. I, feel, I think, you know, he does, he's obviously infatuated with her, mm-hmm. even though his research has kind of moved seems like it might have moved beyond beyond her at this point mm-hmm. um so i wonder whether hap is i think hap's a really good character i think he's ultimately a coward mm-hmm. in that he wants the glory he wants the acclaim of solving this this great puzzle but he doesn't want to deal with the repercussions of the awful things he has done to get to where he is mm-hmm. um and that to me is just another example of his wishful thinking where like if he keeps on running away from his problems and well not his problems his his crimes and his mistakes eventually he will outrun them and find a world where he can be at peace but i don't think he's ever going to find peace uh frankly okay okay cool uh all right so uh kareem's back at home um mm. he's making the uh the notes and stuff where he circles uh the treasure island and and uh and the house and there's a sort of perfect but actually is it the house i'm not quite sure what he circles it uh, it's a cer- uh, treasure island it is yeah it is the oh house, it is the house yes uh, and there's a yeah. perfect uh line to it um yeah. so good old-fashioned drawing on a map yeah like, no, it wouldn't be a police procedural without someone either putting pins in a map or drawing on a map frankly <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah i'm sure the pins are coming but uh he um he actually uh gets a call from mo and mo ex- this, uh, explains that the house is owned by nina as a river yes so i kind of love this about this season that we've got this crazy like time travel uh, or, or, or dimensional travel sci-fi stuff going on with curie and pierre ruskin and marlo rhodes but we've also got the like kind of down and dirty crime conspiracy stuff going on with with kareem and, and mo obviously yeah. it's telling in this scene that this is the first time that kareem has heard the name nina azarova mm-hmm. and this is seems like it's pretty clearly going to direct him into prairie's path and her storyline um but i just like the sort of the additional threat it introduces here where it's like you're messing with mi5 you're messing with russian trusts like this is a dangerous game that you're playing mm-hmm. here now um and um it just really ups the stakes for me which i re- really enjoyed oh yeah exactly it's just uh, it's it's getting it's getting good conrad that's all i'll say yeah um, it's heating up it's heating up it's heating up nicely um just like my soup it's probably nearly ready it's, <laughs> fast, it's fast cooking after all uh so the pink-haired boy um is... Yeah, he's strange that he's alive. I thought he was dead. What, like, you know, what well, happened he's, here? he's brain dead. They said he's brain dead, um, mm. which I suppose just means his heart's still pumping, but there's nothing going on upstairs. So basically, they bring Mr. Ruskin gives him to uh, to Hap and uh, wants him to know it's been a while, sixty hours since he was in the house, so it doesn't seem to have mattered. Apparently, when you're in the house, it awakens the seed that's inside everyone's head, and it comes out yeah. and grows a little bit of starts like sprouts a shoot um yeah what do you think about this uh, yeah. development uh conrad <laughs> uh I'll, I'll 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 tell you exactly what i thought i'll read verbatim the words that i wrote down as as this was going on the fuck is hap pulling out of this kid's ear <laughs> <laughs> that was my first thought um so uh, i believe he also watches video uh, i i kind of i can't actually remember now where i got this from but uh, does he watch video footage or capture something of this kid's 
what what he says uh before he jumps out the window because i've got it written down here and i don't think i i just did it from memory um but it's um i can hear them i can see them 47 selves don't stare at the staircase um might have been like so, a little something for us i can't remember exactly if it, if it, if it was implied that he knew as well um uh, maybe, yeah, maybe maybe he did but i can't remember but so i i I, I'm still processing exactly what's going on here. The the, the, the stuff waking up, like the, the plant coming out of his ear, I am just like, I don't know. I did Hap just did Hap uh, eventually com- completely uh, perfect his gel ear gel? Oh, uh, maybe, maybe that's what mm-hmm. it was. It's like full of little like nano machines that like kind of are like plant. Yeah daffodils in your ear well actually we didn't um, even mention actually but he was watching the therapy session between homer and prairie with his headphones with his uh, earphones in so we, yeah. we missed a chance there but you know we all know what he's up to anytime you see him with the earphones you know that he's sucked on them so yeah absolutely like that's that's the kind of um they've done they've established now that that's what hap does with every set of headphones that we, we ever see him use which makes every subsequent scene in which they feature all the more disgusting and uncomfortable um <laughs> I just don't know. I just don't know. Like, I mean, there's so the house put a seed in his brain. So obviously, I mean, obviously, there's a there's a metaphor there for you know the awakening of oneself and you know. I, this, Did the this house put it there, or do we all have a seed that's awakened? Well, do, I, I, who the fuck knows? I don't know what's going on. I think <laughs> like, he, I think he... the way he explained it was uh, that every brain has a seed and the house awakens it, or you know. Yeah, it's this reminded me of a movie. I don't think you've ever seen this, but um, it, it's by there, there was a a. a um, couple of movies starring a guy called Jeffrey Combs in the late 80s, early 90s. The first was Reanimator, which is kind of a Lovecraft story. Um, and the second is um, was called... Oh, what is it called? Um, it, but it's basically about um, something which lets you see beyond the veil of reality. It's another Lovecraft story. And it awakens what's called like the filial gland, I think, which is like this gland in the centre of your head. Um, and and when it when they when it it awakens in these people, they get this like stalk that grows out of their head because it's basically this <laughs> this gland which allows them to peer beyond the veil of reality. And that's immediately what this uh, what this reminded me of. Well, um, uh, the, the the guy did uh, the pink haired guy did have a circle tattooed in the middle of his head. Oh, did he? Yeah. I wonder if they're gonna if they mention the filial gland. I'm gonna be I'm gonna go fucking nuts <laughs> in this show. Um, it's not the Frighteners. What is it? Oh, God, I'm gonna, I'm really gonna annoy myself by not being able to remind this because I actually like this movie. I haven't, haven't seen it in a long time. Um, it is called. Da-da-da-da. No, I'm not gonna remember it. Okay. Oh, from beyond. I think it's from, from beyond. beyond. Okay. Um, yeah, it is from beyond. Um, so yeah, they basically get this like shit growing out of their heads um, as they are awakened, and it, this is what it reminded me of. Obviously, it's not as graphic because it's coming out of his ear. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess the, the the implication is that the interaction with this house and what 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 this house can show you is literally broadening your mind, but perhaps not in a way that is uh, <laughs> that is healthy. Let's say. For, uh, for for everyone who experiences it, yep, uh, in, in, in very interesting. Uh, so basically, oh, there's a middle moment with Happy, which I was just like screaming at the screen. Like this character, sometimes I just hate hate him so much. Like he said, he was talking to Rachel, and he was saying like, you know, once Prairie, like you know, it's it's a shame or whatever. I can't remember exactly how he said it, but he basically called the way she's treating him as pettiness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like 
Um, okay, like, it, it, you know, it's like she's holding a grudge because she ate, it, like, he ate her sandwich out of the fridge or something like that. You know, My it's like, just let it sandwich. go, uh, <laughs> yeah. Second friend, second friend, sir. Yep. We're getting all the hits in today, folks. Yeah. You're, I apologise to anyone under the age of, like, 30 who didn't watch Friends and is getting nothing from these. Um, but yeah, so I, I, like, he just has no sense of the enormity of what he has done to these people and like i think from his point of view as we've been saying the whole time through the the ends justify the means which uh i think scott renata rachel and prairie would disagree with frankly okay uh awesome so uh, rachel actually goes through the door um she does and she uh is able to see what's in there um she's mm-hmm. really surprised by what's in there shocked i would say um yeah maybe even a little disgusted i'm not quite sure her face was very like sort of reactionary yeah. to it um so then she uh comes out and uh rachel then stabs hap with a little you know something uh and then rachel's dead well okay so right so let, let's let's take this one step at a time then so rachel seems like she has made some kind of deal with hap here you know she's working with him but it's clearly still working against him based on what we've seen with it's like a similar way to the way prairie was helping him in the first yeah. season i thought first was a blind so, girl now it's a deaf girl yeah so that was that was interesting i thought um she goes into the room not, not deaf sorry mute uh mute rather yeah yeah um so she goes into she goes into the room we see reflections uh, of kind of a, a liquid surface, kind of on the uh, of light bouncing off a liquid surface on the wall behind her, mm-hmm. and she's horrified for it. I've got completely fine from the hip theory here. It's gonna be it's gonna be some kind of fucked up interdimensional squid fish monster thing is my is my guess. Um, purely based on the fact that it's you know we're starting to get into what feels like kind of slightly Lovecraftian territory here, and she is you know viscerally and visually um visibly rather uh, horrified by it so and th- i think whatever this is that she's seeing here is the thing that they brought out of the dream world into the waking world that made marla rhodes um made marla rhodes quit um mm. curie essentially um so that's that it, it might maybe it's like a jellyfish or something it's going to be something <laughs> fucked up and hopefully we see it at some point Rachel looks like she gets her neck broken, and I, I as soon as it happened, and we you know, we looked down at her uh, with her head bleeding. I was like, "This is an awful lot like that scene with Scott." To be honest, I've got like, the same similar note. kind of shot, yeah, um, uh, like this kind of top-down shot of blood slowly pouring out of her head. Mm-hmm. And I was I was really frustrated. I was like, "God damn it, she knew stuff. Someone do the movement, save her." Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and, and and I was kind of like, "Oh, well, she's she's gone. There's no one here to do the movements for her." But then we get this transition. As, as as the camera zooms in through Rachel's eye doing all kinds of weird electric stuff. It is similar um, to this. We did see that stuff with Scott the first time too. You know, like- oh, do, I didn't actually remember that with Scott. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, so that's interesting. Um, but this, this, this transition through her eye to the street that Prairie lived on. Um, and we head... Sorry, I've got some people going past playing music. Hopefully that's not Someone's having a party. Cool if not enjoy it like what better time to listen to music than while i'm talking about a woman a young woman having her neck broken um <laughs> so we, we zoom through the street we head into a house with lots of plants which i feel like which is, is just, it's the, just a, you say it's the original i think it's crestwood it's called the original town from uh in michigan from the first season we come yeah, we go into yeah um 
we head into the house with lots of lots of plants, which I feel like is a little nod to Rachel because we know she she sung to her plants. I don't know how explicit that is. Scott I just feel like... sang to his plants. We've got that wrong. Oh, before. sorry, it's Scott, isn't it? We got it wrong. Ignore that then. It's just like maybe maybe it, that, like it's just a plant. Sometimes a plant is just a plant, guys. All right. <laughs> like, people not, people yelled at us with all caps for that. Like let's. <laughs> oh well. All right. Sorry. Uh, like, that's just as well you've reminded me because otherwise that would have formed. It wasn't going to be a basis of this theory, but I just thought it was interesting. But disregard that. So we head into a house. Um, lots of stuff wrapped up. So someone's either moving out or moving in. Um, mm-hmm. And then we get into a bedroom. Um, and it looks like this is Buck's bedroom to me. What, so What made you think that? I actually, I actually didn't write it down, but I, kn- I know for a fact it was Buck's bedroom. Is there like the picture uh, of, 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 of him on a, on a wall? No, he's he's sitting on his bed, and and oh, then, he's sitting on the bed. That's and then, right. And yeah. then I think his mom says Michelle, and he says, uh, "My name's not Michelle. My name's Buck." We see, in, we see okay. We see him through the mirror. Oh, okay, fine. Yeah, I'd like I I did myself in there because I wrote in my notes goes into Buck's room. So there must have been something that I saw. That I was like, "Oh, this is obviously Buck's room." <laughs> yeah. Didn't write down what it was. Um, <laughs> okay, and then we see like the mirror kind of ripple with that same energy uh, that we saw in. Um, in in Rachel's eye when she was dying, so um, I have a theory about this. So and this could be completely wrong, but Homer never got his movement in the alt world, the, in the world the gang are currently in, because he he never had his um, he had never had the, the NDE that had him speaking with Katoon. Um And he got um, when he ate the fish from that world, though. He did, but I mean, like the the Homer in the alt world. Like, oh so yeah, yeah. Doctor Roberts, yeah, yeah, Dr. Roberts. Yeah, sorry, Doctor Roberts. Yeah, yeah so yeah. Alt Homer, as I'm kind of referring okay, to him. Awesome. Um, um, so he never got his NDE that kind of exposed him to this wider um, idea of multi-dimensional travel. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, I think it's telling, as I've said before, that Rachel kind of had a similar experience in the the original world like she seemed to be in a similar position to, to to homer in that she wasn't really getting exposed to it to the same level that prairie and and scott and renata and homer were so and and we've heard um in this episode prairie refer to the alt world as homer's nde dimension mm-hmm. which makes me wonder whether the original world is rachel's nde dimension um and therefore in this in this world the the Rachel from that world can't broaden her horizons because the Rachel from the alt world is having her NDE in the original world um, as she is dying. So you know, some of like Rachel is I don't know like waking up in the walls or you know uh, is potentially inhabiting the body of someone else through through an NDE. Um, I think that's what's going on here. Um, I also based on what we saw with. Um, with Homer's NDE when he travelled to the alt world and we, we, we said before there was some time travel there because he was ha- he had that experience before it actually happened uh, before it actually occurred in the alt world the fact that everything is packed up here makes me think Buck's family are either leaving or have just uh, just arrived either way that seems like there has been some time travel that's gone on here R- uh, Rachel's NDE or alt Rachel's NDE I should say is either happening in the past or it's happening in the future i'm not sure which one it is uh, i suspect it's probably the past given that his mum is still referring to referring to him as michelle um when we have seen mm. uh, his mother be more accepting of that um in season one but that's not 
for certain. Yeah, I know what you mean. I think as well, like, um, we've now been in that little alt world for a couple of days at least, um, and we know that whenever, like, like two or three months have passed for Happenall whenever they they arrived, um, and so the whole time Prairie was saying, uh, this, telling the story to the boys in BBA, uh, the other ones were in the other world. So there is precedent for time, the time traveling at the same speed in both worlds and at one point is equivalent to the other point within the worlds so in, yeah when i first saw this like you know we'll see i'm sure in the next episode or two but when i first saw this i my mind said okay so a few days have passed or um yeah it could be that could and, be and, that. and like for, you know they just went through a uh a school shooting this family's getting out of dodge you know that's sort yeah of... I, I suppose it could that that is a reasonable explanation for that as well actually so it might be that there's no sort of time travel stuff going on and it's purely that they have just decided to move and but the, um, you make a compelling point though about the, the mother referring to buck as michelle um it's interesting they chose the mother to do that because in my mind i was just like okay this is just 100 percent for the people who haven't caught it yet buck is michelle in the other world this is you know reminding you that buck's name was michelle uh and, yeah. and for me uh it's interesting that they got the mum to do that i think it is true what you're saying the mum was very accepting of uh of buck but the father was having an issue with it so it's interesting that yeah. the mother sort of slipped back into Michelle there for a, for a bit, yeah. Uh, okay, so I will say, before we go into the to the roundup, that I don't want to piggyback uh, on your theory here, but when I first watched this, uh, I'm going to be honest with you, I thought the exact same thing. I thought that... Oh, nice. I, yeah, I, I, I thought that um, it was showing that like Hap had the wrong Rachel, basically. Like the Rachel who actually was going to end the East uh, was, was the Rachel from this new world, and, yeah. and, and that Rachel... Uh, yeah, and I find that really interesting because it means that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to say what, what else I'm thinking because I don't want to give anything away. But but I like okay. I, I think I think I think I think we're both on the right lines there uh, at this at this point. There is something going on with whose NDE goes in what world, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like that they they that they've shown it twice in this episode that in your in your NDE dimension, like the dimension mm-hmm. that other people visit to have their near death ex- or other versions of you visit to have their near death experiences, um, you you yourself will not experience in NDEs in that dimension. I feel like that's true of Homer, and we're seeing here that it's true of Rachel as well. Yeah, I, I think it's you know what I think is interesting too, is that the first season then t- take that as root, okay? The first season is based in Rachel's NDE dimension. Yeah. The second season is in Homer's NDE dimension. They said they planned on five seasons. Well, there you go. Mm-hmm. You know that. Uh, you know that that that. I think that tells its own story. Yeah. Really, doesn't it? The last the last season is all on that place on Saturn. <laughs> you know, like oh, God. That can you imagine if there was like a Star Trek season <laughs> where they just they got they got to like some tacky, uh, but not like modern Star uh, Star Trek, like 60s Star Trek with like that <laughs> kind of like sound effect and like uh, having sex with Martians and stuff like that. That'd be what a shame, what a tragedy that we never got there <laughs> from this show. <laughs> okay, awesome. Uh, you want to get into the the uh, roundup? Yeah, let's do it. Okay, IMDb rating this week is eight point nine again, same as last week. Um, where do I think this stands? I can't actually remember what I said for last week, but I I think I I think I do broadly agree. I think the this the first two episodes of this season have been a real. Uh, step up in quality for me from from the first season um and i'm i'm fully on board with 
everything the show is doing at the moment like i think in the first season there were most episodes i was like this was good but there were a couple of things against it uh throughout the episode i haven't had a single scene that i haven't enjoyed so far in the mm-hmm. first two uh first two episodes so i think i agree with that rating and long may it continue yeah exactly and it's really weird you know because i i whenever whenever people talk about the fact that the second season is so good you know in my mind i'm sort of always wanting to defend the first season but in my but it's also <laughs> it's, it's weird because it's like it's it's all the one show you know it's 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 like it's like someone someone says you're a really great person but when, last week you did something that annoyed me i'm like yeah should i defend my last week self or should i just accept that it's all, it's <laughs> just all accept it, the compliment it's all me you know yeah, yeah. exactly yeah i mean yeah, i think we the first season did a lot I, I, you know it's in the other is in good company i say this as someone obviously who hasn't watched the whole of the second season so i don't know it, maybe it, it turns into a flaming wreck and ends awfully the rest but, of the um, season actually just goes back and uh they're just in crestwood the whole time and listening okay, to a new nice. person's just, story just steve doing parkour on a roof for an entire episode <laughs> yeah um i would watch that he's great at parkour <laughs> he's gonna make money doing stunts and shit he said so himself yeah um I, I think the you know the OA is in good company uh, in terms of shows which took a season to really find their feet. You know I think that's true of The Expanse. I think it's true of uh, you know loads of comedy shows. So I don't think it's a I don't think it's a particularly um, unheard of thing for shows to take a while. And I think it also just in terms of their ambition and their confidence in what they were doing you can see that by this season they were really like they, they kind of knew what they were doing and they'd found a found a uh, a kind of narrative flow and we're just hitting it over and over again whereas i think the first season was maybe a bit more tentative in what they were trying to do yeah i i, I think you're, you're exactly right there and what i would even add to that and say it's almost as if when they saw actually we can get people to love the show even though we're putting in these strange and weird and otherworldly movements like they went with us for the movements so they're going to go with us whatever we do so let's just really open up our creativity here and let's have people growing seeds out of their head you know yeah absolutely and i'm i'm all all for it exactly right okay so summary of theories okay oh jesus okay i'm sure there's a couple you didn't tell us yet yeah, I might have not really meant because some of these are smaller than others. So, and I and again, it's not a perfect system, guys. If you're new to the show, I may have missed some. Please tell me. I I, I do try and keep it as honest as possible. Um, so, first one is already it's already wrong. It's already wrong. I know it's wrong in my heart of hearts, but I'm going to read it out anyway. Um, and I don't actually think we mentioned this in the show because by the end of the the episode, I was like, well, that's wrong, so I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> um, but Homer has travelled somewhere else. So I my my first read of Homer was that their Homer wasn't in the old world Homer. He was in a, yeah. a different Homer that they were going to have to go and find. I'm 99% sure that's wrong. He's just he's in there, but kind of not accessible. Let's so say. is your feeling at the minute is it like the that that is, is is there a dominant uh uh per, like you know person conscious within the body and the other one's still there or or is there some sort of assimilation going on i i so i think <clears throat> i think there is a switch but i think there are kind of like echoes of the previous mm. owner left over to some extent okay. and and the and the extent to which they remain depends on how forceful your will is in kind of taking over their body um so in the case of someone like prairie who is like all all will all the time um Mm -hmm. there's basically nothing of nina left in her whereas i think with homer who who was clearly his will was shaking when he did the movements in the field um i think there is a a fair amount left of of dr johnston johnston or johnson i can't remember roberts 
Robert. Where did I get Johnson from? That's Prairie's name. Sorry, that's Prairie's name. What am I doing? Honestly, am I even watching the right show? Um, well, you <laughs> yeah, thought Dr. you thought you weren't for twenty minutes. I remember. So that is yeah, that's true. Fair point. Um, so yeah, Doctor Doctor Roberts um, left in in him uh, as opposed to Prairie slash Nina. Uh, but I, as I say, I'm pretty sure that one's wrong. Um, okay, second theory. This house is going to be central to whatever the Q Symphony kids are trying to solve, and probably Pierre Ruskin too. Okay. Um, yeah. Pretty, pretty self-explanatory. Ne- yep. Um, Alt Rachel. Start again. Alt Rachel had an NDE, met her version of Katoon, lost her voice, and was eventually given a movement. I'm not sure about the movement part of that. Actually, the movement seemed to have taken a bit of a backseat to the broader stuff. Well, we already um, got the fifth movement from um, from the, the the cop's wife. So, is there a need yeah, for did. another one? No, not really. But I feel like the I, I don't think it's about needing the movement. So Maybe she should. She could have got it if she was in the same situation of sort of looking for them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, so maybe the movement will be well. The movement will probably be irrelevant there, to be honest. Um, okay, so this one is also wrong. Uh, Prairie is. We already know this, or well, don't know it, but heavily suspect it. Prairie is going to try and bring Homer home uh, to. Uh, these bodies with her oh, hold on let me full screen that uh, with her ability to kind of direct her jumps so that was the same kind of time I was like oh maybe she's going to try and go to another dimension and like get Homer from wherever he's oh, yeah, yeah. accidentally landed and bring him back but I think that's wrong um, next one the, the, the thing in Hap's locked room is the thing brought to the waking world from the dream world which made Marlo leave Curie um, okay. can't wait to see what that is yep. can't wait to see what that is um, another one. The house is the map. Um, yep. The flower image is the window at the top of the greenhouse. Uh, the house gives you. There was a lot of house stuff going on here. This is this was. It was coming thick and fast at the end of this episode. The house gives you a way to travel. Um, the and then this is kind of a continuation of the locked room one. The room Rachel found contains some kind of sea creature that can do weird interdimensional shit. That's like <laughs> that's broad very very, very broad, yeah, but, yeah very broad yeah well, well you know. but i'm taking it um okay so the, the this is um yeah this is kind of uh, one of the big swings so the first world is rachel's nde dimension which is why she was never given a movement in it um and rachel is having or this should really say alt rachel alt rachel was having an nde in buck's house in the original world at the end of the episode <clears throat> okay very interesting. So there's a bit, as I say, 27 theories in the whole of the first season. We're already up to 19, two episodes into this. So yeah. it, it's gonna be. It looks like it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a, a, a lot to go through. Well, it looks like at the end of we finish season two, we're go- <laughs> we're going to have to do a extra summary, uh, or Conrad's theory matrix episode, which we didn't have to do at the end of season one. We'll probably have to have an episode for that before we go into yeah. dark with Emmett. Yeah. Well, we'll see. There may, there may be no further theories. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all, it's all answered next episode. Bish bash bosh. Yeah. yeah, and then it's just parkour and BBA uh, doing up a gym. Well, she gets a job at a new school, I think. <laughs> all right. uh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, um, all right. So let's go into some questions. Then we've got a couple of questions. Okay, let's do it. A stranger from the outside. All right, first question comes from Helen, and Helen O'Grady is the one who pointed out that really cool thing about uh, sort of like the reading of uh, of Haps, uh, or Jason Isaac's acting, I suppose I should say, the way that it was played. Questions. Uh, what do you think Curie stands for? Oh. That's hard. I, I almost feel like it's already been said, actually. 
and I've just missed it. But um, I think uh, uh, Helen has added here that she is just assuming it's an acronym because it's capitalized. Yeah, it must be an acronym. Surely you don't you don't like you don't all capitalize the name of something unless it's going to stand for something cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, let's see. Capturing, unwaking. Rem reflections. Rem ideas. Rem ideas. There you go. Well, we put an acronym within an acronym. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's how you know they they mean business. Yeah, it's capturing all the way down. Capturing on 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 waking rem ideas. I think that actually yeah. probably is it. Actually, that's that's, it. that's that's better than we thought we'd do. Um, <laughs> okay, so Sarah L says in season one she woke up and when she, uh, when asked her name she very uh, prairie this is when and very confidently replied I'm the OA. Season two she replied nervously Prairie Johnson. Do you think have any thoughts about that? Do you think it's significant? Yeah, I do. They've kind of gotten away from a lot of that like OA. Prairie being the center of everything in this in this season, I'd like so. I feel like maybe that's like I, I feel like thematically the show is deliberately doing that, and maybe that that's a reflection of it. That in the first the first season felt even though she was trapped for you know pretty much all of her story, there was a certain security to the first season. Like the narrative was very contained within these two groups of people, and we've just exploded out of that in the second scene and i feel like that is has shaken prairie as a character's belief that she understands what is going on um mm-hmm. you know like she even <clears throat> even though in the first season maybe she didn't fully grasp it she knew we do these movements we will travel we'll travel together everything will be fine and then suddenly she has traveled and it's like what the hell's going on like the, we've got people who are like suppressed we've got like nde dimensions that we don't fully understand um and and i think maybe that's that's the case uh, with her naming herself as Prairie rather than the OA. Maybe it's also just a way of her keeping herself rooted to her home dimension, so to speak, as well. Yeah, awesome. Okay, <clears throat> so uh, Vic Disco says, As a Conrad, uh, I had to watch this episode twice. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> yeah. So for Conrad, if Prairie is right about the dimension being part of Homer's... Uh, <laughs> uh, Vic's made a mistake here. Said N E D. Um, nice. Near experience. <laughs> come, and, come, and, come and watch my Ned talk. Yeah, Ned talk exactly. Uh, you know, my my child one in my family is called Ned, so that's all I all I think about. Uh, so would it ex- <laughs> would it explain the scene where Homer wakes up in his apartment? Um, so okay, let me read that again because I got uh, you know sidetracked on the Ned thing. If <laughs> if Prairie is right about the dimension being part of Homer's N D E. Uh, yeah. Would it explain the scene where Homer wakes up in his apartment at the beginning of the episode? Yeah. No, I think I think that that Homer is just kind of living his life. I didn't notice anything weird, unless there was an instance in this where original Homer seems to show up. Oh, Vic, Vic actually expands this. Says, "Don't you find it kind of odd that a doctor would be living with two roommates? I can't think <laughs> yeah, of. Yeah. I uh, I can't think of one doctor who would." Perhaps oh, this, listen. yeah. Vic Disco has clearly never seen Grey's Anatomy because they are all living together and getting <laughs> up to getting up to all sorts. Um, I, I get the impression uh, from Homer that he's quite a junior doctor, so um, with a lot of like um, 
tuition fees to pay mm. uh, and i think it, it my understanding and again this is based on gray's anatomy is uh is that a lot of like young doctors will live together just to try and save some money so i assume that's what he's doing there he's living with other other uh, doctors who work at either on treasure island or in a you know similar location um mm. also yeah we also he, talked about how san francisco prices are really huge so yeah yeah he is, exactly. I, I don't you know he, I think he's a resident. Like, I don't think he's a fully fledged everything yet. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, you need to be earning, you know, surgeon money before you can afford to buy like a one bedroom flat in San Francisco, based on, <laughs> based on what I know about the housing market there. Yeah, exactly. Okay, so uh, Latrice is also a fellow Conrad. Um, nice. Lots of Conrads coming in today. So uh, Latrice, if you don't know Latrice, look at the comments of the videos. Latrice puts uh, their thoughts in there. Really, really uh, detailed thoughts, uh, and yeah, they're really interesting. Always, as well. always, them. always great to read. Yeah. Um, so um, the tree says, uh, "Well, ask the question twice, but I'm going to read the clarified uh, one." So the tree sort of simplified it down here for us. When Prairie traveled dimensions, sort of we touched a bit upon on this a little bit, but the way the tree asks it is good. Um, instead of Nina uh, racing Nina's mind, uh, did Prairie just join her uh, and become like the top personality? Uh, multiple minds in the same body mm, I no I don't think they're a race I think they swap that's my but I think uh, as I said in regards to Homer I think there is a certain amount of leftovers that um, can impact things if if your if your will is not strong enough when you when you jump like plaque on teeth basically yeah kind of yeah I, I mean I, I was expecting Nina to wake up in Prairie's body and be like, oh shit, I've been shot in the heart. Um, so do you and... expect to see that in maybe the next episode? When we... I, I, I feel like they've got to show us a bit more of what's going on with the boys and BBA. And I feel like that's the, that's a scene that's got to happen where, you know, we, she wakes up in hospital. Uh, I, 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 to be honest, I don't know how she's going to wake up in hospital because she's been shot in the heart. Um, doesn't seem like the kind of thing you, a doctor can be like, I'll, I'll just fix this. Um, like well, the thing is, if, you're, if, you, if your theory is correct, it's interesting to me because Dr. Roberts, right? Shouldn't Dr. Roberts be dead in a field in North Dakota if you think, if you think that Homer is there? Why yes. is there no switch? That is true. That is true, actually. So maybe, yeah, and I, I suppose actually on reflection, thinking about the pink-haired kid who's kind of gone nuts, it seems like that has happened because he has shared so much of himself with the 47 other versions of himself that he has kind of joined. Um, so maybe there is like a kind of symbiosis that goes on uh, where you're all in there at once, like kind of vying for space. That certainly seems like the kind of thing that would send you insane. Yeah, yeah, it does. Um, okay, awesome. Well, there we go, guys. That's episode two. We this is a long episode. Um, we'll try and yeah. we'll try and trim down the uh, the episodes from here on out. Uh, as we're getting into this show and it's becoming like a lot more uh, discussion worthy, we were sort of we had the first season where everything was very slow. There wasn't that much to talk about sometimes. Whereas this season, we've we've caught, been caught off guard a little bit by how much we've got to talk about, and we don't <laughs> yeah. we don't really know how to plan for how much we're going to say because we don't really know. It's like there's so much more to talk about each episode now. So yeah. we'll try and we'll try and like sort of rein ourselves in. Uh, you know, with Dark though, sometimes we we really can't do that. Um, so it is what it is. You're here to listen to us ramble on. We'll do it. Someone actually put a comment last week saying, "Great, I really enjoyed it, but a bit too rambly." 
Well, I don't think we can get rid of the ramble. Uh, unfortunately, we oh, have... no, the ramble's half the fun. If we took out the ramble, it would just be nothing. It would just be us being like, I don't know, it was a good show. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's what you, you you come for the ramble. You come for the ramble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. You stay for the saliva. But okay, so thanks very much, guys. Uh, we'll see you next week for another episode of the OA. Uh, if you could please subscribe to the Culture Cave, that would be fantastic. Could you subscribe on audio apps as well? I just noticed, actually, Connor, as well. Our podcasts, the three of them, Dark Discussions, the After Dark Podcast, and uh, the Best Movie Podcast ever, they actually have all received five star reviews on iTunes uh, on the on the Apple Podcasting apps. Thank oh, you very exactly. much, whoever gave us five star reviews. There, I think we've only asked for them like two or three times. But if you could give yeah. us five star reviews, that really does help us. Uh, Conrad loves the five stars. I want an honest yeah. review. Um, but yeah, so honesty is is secondary. Yeah, well, honesty is the is the second best policy. So basically, could you please uh, like the video uh, on YouTube if you haven't already. Send us an email, adpodmail at gmail.com if you want to talk to us. Also, if you want to ask Connor a question, you can either send us an email or you can put it underneath this video. Uh, thank you very much. T-shirt, link in the description. Discord, link in the description if you want to have a chat with all the community. We've got a great community going here. We're all over there. Thanks very much for joining us. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you for listening. The After Dark Podcast has been a Culture Cave production. Please subscribe on audio apps as well as on YouTube at The Culture Cave. Join us next week as Conrad journeys further into the unknown.